This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Good day, folks. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold ladies and gentlemen we've got a lot to cover today folks so i am going to call it a quits for now on the synthetic wombs and the designer babies uh but we are going to now look at that stuff through another lens and so maria albanese co-host uh, on Thomas Paine podcast on Friday, sent me over some information uh, that we had looked at a couple of years ago, put it back on my radar. So I started doing some more research into those topics over the last few days. And so we're going to get into what the military mad scientists, the transhumanists that advise the military, have been doing while we have been asleep and so i just had a conversation with an old colleague of mine uh we're talking about the possibility of writing a book uh on all the stuff that we're covering here obviously there's a lot more to cover before we can put a book together but we're looking at doing like a two-part book um one would be sort of a sci-fi novel um kind of a modern day 1984 you know brave new world type of book and then a non-fiction book which contains all of the research that i've done over the years combined with some research from some other investigative journalists and so the non-fiction book would back up the fiction book would back up the sci-fi book with all the stats now throughout history we have seen a lot of these type of books the uh, fiction versions, uh, movies that spin off out of them, movies like The Matrix and such, Terminator. And I believe a lot of those were put together for the purpose of predictive programming, basically to normalize and to numb and desensitize people to those technologies as they come out a generation later. So my generation would have grew up watching the Terminator, uh, watching the Matrix at the end of when I was in high school. And then 20 years later, the technologies start to roll out. You go, oh, that's similar to the Matrix. But then they send out Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and the rest of them to say, no, 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 it's not like the Matrix. We're going to do it right. We're going to govern it. So we're talking about doing that, folks. And so I've got to start putting outlines together on everything that we've already discussed. And it should be a fascinating project. It's going to take quite a while 
Um, I'm a decent writer. I just don't like to sit in front of the computer and write all day. So that's why I think I'm going to partner with this old colleague who's going to handle the writing, uh, at least the first draft of this. But we got to start breaking it down into an outline for you. But anyway, we're going to jump over into the military side of transhumanism, and we're going to show you what they have been up to over there, folks, because I think you... You understand now um, the biological side of the fourth industrial revolution. You know, as far as the synthetic wombs and as far as the designer babies and the gene editing goes, it's Frankenstein doctor stuff. And it's pretty amazing how many people don't understand this at all. Uh, I just had a conversation with one of our midwives today. And so... She was telling us how in the last year, they've seen uh, almost 50% or more of women giving birth, uh, either in the hospital or home birth now, are bleeding so much that they have to give them the drugs to help stop the bleeding. And the midwives try to keep drugs and pharmaceuticals out of the picture as much as possible until it gets to the point where they can't do anything uh, without those drugs. So she was telling us this, and I had mentioned to you before, our doula said the last seven home births she was involved with, the women's water broke before they went into labor, which was normally less than 5% of women. And so I asked the midwife today uh, the question on the, the blood, like, well, if it's 50%, what did it used to be before a year ago? And she said, like, 20%. So something strange is going on. She said, obviously, there's no studies. They can't correlate that to people who had gotten COVID, if you believe in COVID, or people who had gotten vaccinated and or boosted. And so they couldn't put all those pieces together. They're just starting to notice these strange occurrences. And so who knows what's going on? But, you know, my conspiratorial mind here, okay, I always like to think, problem reaction solution and so i asked myself they're starting to put out studies now mainstream studies that women who've had covid uh end up having a increase of 60 percent in them having a premature baby and so i'm like wait a second if you're gonna have uh yeah and and also we've heard studies coming out of the pharmaceutical uh companies the vaccine companies themselves saying that uh the vaccine could be causing problems with the menstrual cycle and stuff so i say if they've messed with women's uh, reproductive systems in some way either through whatever covid was or through the vaccine and or booster could it be the beginning of creating the problem, right, which is now women are going to not be able to get pregnant or women are not going to want to give birth because of the risks. And so they set up the problem and then the reaction will be, help us, help us, what are we going to do? And the solution will be in vitro, you know, this, this new modern version of in vitro, synthetic wombs. Uh, and then, hey, why don't you, uh, while we're at it, you can pick the color of your baby's eyes. So you get into the designer baby's, you know, eugenics. And so that's kind of how I start to look at these things. Are they creating more problems to provoke more reactions, to offer more solutions? Um, so I just wanted to share that with you because that is just a personal uh, piece of intelligence I picked up today. But 
It was quite interesting because then I started telling the midwife about the last three shows we put together on synthetic wombs and everything. And like most people right away, she said, I've read a little bit about it. Uh, Isn't that about um, being able to save premature babies? And I said, well, (laughs) yes, in the first phase, but then they already start talking about how they can have the babies more efficiently, more effectively than women can. And so then they start the conversation of, well, maybe this is going to be the new way to have kids. And as we showed in one of those articles, if you choose to go the natural route, then you're a bad parent who's risking your kid. And so you will be looked down at, you will be shunned, you will be uh, removed from society for being such an evil parent who tried to go the natural route. And so then what will happen next? Uh, CPS, Child Protective Services, will come and take your fetus away. They'll come and take your baby away. Who knows, folks? Who knows? All right, I just want to show you something before we get into uh, Dr. Charles Morgan, and we'll get a little bit into his background before we get into the video that we are going to be reviewing today of which I watched, and there's some really fascinating stuff in that, and I was glad to see on the YouTube video that had been viewed over 350,000 times since 2018, that there were a lot of people and seemingly intelligent people writing comments about how dangerous and disgusting the technologies that he's discussed are uh, for humanity. But let's take a look at this because someone sent it to me uh, on Twitter. Up on the screen, I have a tweet from the World Economic Forum, ladies and gentlemen. You know them. And it says trackless trams could be a catalyst for regenerating city suburbs, really. I didn't know we need to regenerate city suburbs. But anyway, they've got a video of basically this uh, subway bus type trolley that drives around on the streets and there's no uh, tracks but that's not the point and i'm not even going to show the video because obviously these type of technologies are being rolled out everywhere we already know that but check out this right so the world economic forum who in all of the discussions we watch especially with the mad scientists uh klaus schwab and others klaus schwab loves to talk about the stakeholders okay he wrote a book called stakeholder capitalism he talks about the stakeholders in his 2016 book the force industrial revolution and talks about stakeholders in several of his other books and his talks and his interviews but they always talk about how everyone needs to be part of the discussion right everyone needs to have a voice we need to decide on the ethics of the merger of the biological physical and digital worlds we need to have a discussion on the merger of man and machine we need to have a discussion on all of the fourth industrial revolution technologies I mean, we've showed that time and time again here, have we not? But I told you they have no interest in actually hearing what you have to say. Oh, no, no, no. They'll say that your congressman, your representative in this so-called constitutional republic speaks for you. Of course, those guys hand out government money to the technocrats and transhumanists, and the technocrats and transhumanists pad their campaign funds. So it works it works in sync, folks. It's, it's, it's one giant circle of greed, as I like to call it. One giant circle of anti-human greed. But underneath this tweet, which was put out yesterday, 
September 21st at 7.13 a.m. Via Hootsuite, by the way, that manages your social media accounts. Underneath, I was going to leave a comment. It says, who can reply? People at WEF follows or mentioned can reply. So you can't even leave a reply underneath the video that they put out on the trackless trams. Okay, so now they've got the trackless the trackless trains that are going to bring you right up to the gates of Auschwitz, otherwise known as the metaverse. But you can't leave a reply. So apparently World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab do not want to hear from the stakeholders because as far as I'm concerned, if I have to drive on the street with this thing or I got to ride inside this trackless tram out to the suburbs, am I not a stakeholder? Do we not have a right to voice our opinion? Well, even here on Twitter, they will not let us voice our opinion, folks. Just wanted to share that with you, okay? Now, let me show you what I've got up on the screen. It's a uh, MWI video, Dr. Charles Morgan, and this is Dr. Charles Morgan III. We'll get into a little of his background in a second. Dr. Charles Mar- uh, Morgan on neurobiology and war, okay? And this was published June 2018. And so this is at mwi.usma.edu, okay? And so it says right here, recently, Dr. Charles Morgan spoke to cadets and faculty at West Point around a range of topics, including psychology, neurobiology, and the science of humans at war. So I hope you guys know West Point, right? I'm sure you do. We're not going to get into the history of West Point, but our wonderful young military folks there studying to be officers uh are listening to dr charles morgan and you'll see who this guy is if you're watching the video later you'll notice he never never has a frown on his face everything seems to be so exciting to him it says over the course of 20 years at yale university and the neurobiological studies unit of the national center for post-traumatic stress disorder Dr. Morgan's neurobiological and forensic research has established him as an international expert in post-traumatic stress disorder, eyewitness memory, and human performance under conditions of high stress. Dr. Morgan is a subject matter expert in the selection and assessment of U.S. military special operations and special mission units. Okay. So he's a subject matter expert in the selection and assessment of U.S. military special operations and special mission units. Dr. Morgan's has, uh, work has provided insight into the psycho-neurobiology of resilience in elite soldiers and has contributed to the training mission of Army Special Programs. His work is on the cutting edge of battlefield innovations and assessments. And so then we have this uh, video that we're going to be reviewing today. But as you will see, I don't know, does Dr. Morgan just pick these guys out of a lineup and say, yeah, they're going to fit the requirements of the unit that we're hiring them for? Or does Dr. Morgan manipulate them? 
Is Dr. Morgan actually taking guys that he believes that he can manipulate, mind control, gene edit, and turn into super soldiers? I don't know. I'll let you decide after we get through the video. When we get back, let me tell you a little bit about the super soldier program that the military is involved with, and then we'll jump into this video of Dr. Charles Morgan III. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on pain.tv slash gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard, ladies and gentlemen. All right, folks, let's jump right into this because there is a lot to cover, a lot to cover. I know you want to hear me do voices and crack jokes and stuff, folks, but today we have to get down and dirty. This is going to be a serious conversation. First, we're going to pop over to the Atlantic.com, and I'm going to show you an article from September 2015. And the reason why I have to do this, folks, is we need to set up this uh, Charles Morgan and put this into context for you because I can't jump right into the video. I've got to show you a little background on this. And the reason why I chose this article from 2015 is I'm always trying to make a point to you that this stuff has been going on for quite a while. They're not just talking about stuff happening in the future, stuff happening right now today. This stuff has been going on for quite a while, folks. And it goes back way, way before this, but we're going to go into 2015. Eventually, we'll come back and show you some pieces from modern day. But this article is titled, Engineering Humans for War inside the Pentagon's efforts to create a super soldier and change the future of the battlefield. And this is by Annie Jacobson, again, September 2015. It says here, retired four-star General Paul F. Gorman recalls first learning about the, quote, weakling of the battlefield, end quote, from reading S.L.A. Marshall, the U.S. Army combat historian during World War II. After interviewing soldiers who participated in the Normandy beach landings, Marshall had learned that fatigue was responsible for an overwhelming number of casualties. Okay, so they have to set this up now. It's the weakling. It's the weakling and his fatigue that are responsible for the casualties, right? Not the people who got us into the war, not the people who strategized the wrong, uh, the wrong war game strategy, folks. No, not them. It's the weakling. Quote, I didn't know my strength was gone until I hit the beach, end quote, Sergeant Bruce Hensley told Marshall. Quote, I was carrying part of a machine gun. Normally, I could run with it, but I found I couldn't even walk with it, so I crawled across the sand, dragging it with me. I felt ashamed of my own weakness, but looking around, I saw the others crawling and dragging the weights they normally carried, end quote. Another officer told of the effects of, quote, fear and fatigue, end quote. How dare these boys that we send into battle to die have fear and fatigue? 
Here we go, folks. Quote, soldiers get tired and soldiers get fearful, end quote. Gorman told me last year, quote, frequently soldiers just don't want to fight. Attention must always be paid to the soldier himself, end quote. So that's coming from Paul F. Gorman, this retired four-star general, who's talking about the weakling of the battlefield. It goes on to say, for decades after its inception in 1958, the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, you've come to know it as DARPA, folks, DARPA, will eventually do more DARPA stuff here. It says, DARPA, the Central Research and Development Organization of the Department of Defense, focused on developing vast weapon systems. Okay, this is going back to its inception in 1958, all right? Starting in 1990, and owing to individuals like Gorman, this retired four-star general, a new focus was put on soldiers, airmen, and sailors on transforming humans for war. The progress of those efforts, to the extent it can be assessed through public information, hints at war's future and raises questions about whether military technology can be stopped or should. And let me just explain quickly um, for you guys. When I pick out articles and videos to show you, what I'm generally doing is I've read, say, 20 articles on a particular topic, and then I choose the one that I feel best illustrates uh, the largest amount of information based on what I gathered, and then I try to fill in the blanks for you. And I try to make sure I'm not pulling articles that have, you know, opinion uh, plugged in without the author mentioning that it is their opinion. I don't want stuff that has conspiracy theory connected uh, information to it because there is no need to do that. I just talked to, uh, when I was talking to my former colleague about writing the book, I said, we don't need to put anything about uh, reptilians. We don't need to get into Illuminati. We don't even need to get into anything that we cannot prove. We don't have to get into symbols that end up... Uh, you know, in the deaths of John McCain, we don't have to get into QAnon. We really don't have to get into the kind of stuff that we can't prove. Because as you can see here with this show, we can utilize the white papers, the speeches, the think tanks, the companies, the investors, the governments, and these articles that are mainstream. If anything, they're trying to make the technology look not as creepy as it is. But as you saw, when we're looking at the synthetic wombs and the people behind it, we're looking at the designer babies and the ceos of the companies talking about it we don't have to exaggerate it's right there they give us everything we need our enemies are broadcasting their plans either because one they don't think they're creepy and they actually believe that this is for the good of humanity or the good of the future of the earth or they're spitting in our face so we can take the words right from elon musk's mouth right from these articles right from these quotes by this retired four-star general we don't have to go and dig into deep conspiracies there is no conspiracy these guys are not planning our future prison planet in the metaverse in hiding we watched four technocrats get up on a stage at the world economic forum and talk about the metaverse right there in front of us. They told us what they're doing. So there's no reason to exaggerate or have to find a, a boogeyman behind a curtain other than Peter Thiel funded by the CIA. I mean, what more of a boogeyman do we need?
Seriously, I mean, they're, they're right out in the open. Okay, let's continue. I just wanted to tell you why I, I chose this article. Gorman sketched out an early version of the thinking in a paper he wrote for DARPA after his retirement from the Army in 1985, in which he described an, quote, integrated, powered exoskeleton, end quote, that could transform the weakling of the battlefield into a veritable super soldier. All right, did you get that? So he sketched out an early version of thinking in a paper he wrote for DARPA after he retired in 85, and he described this integrated powered exoskeleton that could transform the weakling of the battlefield into a super soldier. The, quote, super troop, end quote, exoskeleton he proposed offered protection against chemical, biological, electromagnetic, and ballistic threats, including direct fire from a 50 caliber bullet. It, quote, incorporated audio, visual, and haptic touch uh, sensors, end quote, Gorman explained, including thermal imaging for the eyes, sound suppression for the ears, and fiber optics from the head to the fingertips. Its interior would be climate controlled, and each soldier would have his own physiological specifications embedded on a chip with his dog tags. Quote, when a soldier donned his super troop uh, battle dress, end quote, Gorman wrote, quote, he would insert one dog tag into a slot under the chest armor, thereby loading his personal program into the battle suit's computer, end quote, giving the 21st century soldier an extraordinary ability to hear, see, move, shoot, and communicate. So what this guy Gorman wrote about for DARPA after his retirement in 1985 was building an Iron Man suit, was building a Terminator-type robot suit for his soldiers to wear on the battlefield so they could take even the tiniest of weaklings, this wimpy guy who's afraid, who has fear and has fatigue, and they could strap him up inside of a super soldier suit and send him out on the battlefield to be killed. Yeah, that's fantastic because you want a weakling who suffers from fear and fatigue to be running around in a killer Terminator robot suit. But see, the Iron Man, the modern Iron Man, the Tony Stark Iron Man came out all after this. So when these guys create these movies in the Marvel franchise and these sci-fi movies, uh, do they have access to this type of intelligence from a guy like Gorman and they're making the movie around technology that already exists what was uh the other iron man suit that don Cheadle was in the iron patriot you know so do they already know about this type of stuff when they make the movies it goes on to say at the time gorman wrote the computing technology needed for such a device did not yet exist now think about this too folks when we talk about ray kurzweil beaming his mind up into the cloud and then beaming it back down into a biological or non-biological suit. And so the biological suit 
which would be uh, basically another human, a baby with a blank brain that gets encoded with his brain, his memories, his thoughts, his knowledge. Now we already showed you that these guys are going to build babies, grow babies inside synthetic wombs without a mom or a dad. Well, maybe that body, that baby's body becomes the new biological suit for Ray Kurzweil. Or now, when he was talking about these non-biological robot suits, or eventually suits that form from nanobots, you look at a system like this, this uh, exoskeleton for the super soldier, could they actually be utilized by folks like Ray Kurzweil who are part of the technocracy? Okay, it goes on to say, by 2001, however, DARPA had unveiled two exoskeleton programs. And by 2013, in partnership with U.S. Special Operations Command, DARPA had started work on a super soldier suit called TALOS, Tactical Assault Light Operator Suit unlike anything in the history of warfare. Engineered with full-body ballistics protection, integrated heating and cooling systems, embedded sensors, antennas, and computers, 3D audio to indicate where a fellow warfighter is by the sound of his voice, optics for vision and various light conditions, life-saving oxygen and hemorrhage controls, and more. Talos is strikingly close to the futuristic exoskeleton that Gorman first envisioned for DARPA 25 years ago and aims to be, quote, fully functional, end quote, by 2018. Quote, I am here to announce uh, that we are building Iron Man, end quote, President Barack Obama said of the suit during a manufacturing invention. Uh, in a, during a manufacturing innovation event in 2014, when the president said, quote, this has been a secret project we've been working on for a long time, end quote, he wasn't kidding. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see here, DARPA, the military, has been working on building an Iron Man suit. But as you can see, when Obama announced it in 2014 at this manufacturing innovation event, he says we're building an Iron Man suit, but we know that it was at least conceived going back 25 years ago. And so they talk about it being fully functional in 2018 when Obama announces it in 2014. So 2018, back to 2014, but we know that Gorman was writing about this over 25 years ago, but somehow it ends up in the movie Iron Man, and we've seen renditions of this type of suit in many other Hollywood films. Folks, let that sink in. When we come back, we're going to finish up this article and jump into Dr. Charles Morgan III. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, the nothing, the nothing. I'm not the junior, the senior, the third, the second, or whatever. I am just Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 